just jumping in really quickly at the start of today's episode to tell you about some upcoming opportunities to see us live in the flesh. And you can see us live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2024. We are doing three live podcasts on Sundays at 3.30 at Basement Comedy Club, April 7, 14 and 21. You can get tickets at dogoonpod.com. Matt, you're also doing some shows around the country. That's right. I'm doing shows with Saren Jaimana, who's been on the show before. We're going to be in Perth in January, Adelaide in February, Melbourne through the festival in April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, details for all that stuff at mattstewartcomedy.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnke and I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. That was an explosive hello. It was explosive. Thank Were you. you trying to put me off so I didn't cover you again? I saw you clock me first. <laughs> oh, no. I appreciate that. I appreciate you did that. Jess was getting out of hand <laughs> with, those, with those things early on, Jess. What, being adorable? <laughs> yeah, it was Sorry getting out that. of... People were starting to talk, Sorry. saying it's distracting. That's right. Those levels of adorability are getting a bit... Much. But getting in the way of the facts. Yeah, sorry. I'll let the man speak. Oh. Yeah, fuckos. Oh, dear. No, oh, no. I think she means you because I've played. never been referred to as a man. <laughs> I don't think she meant me. You don't want me to speak, do you? I want both of you to shut up <laughs> and I want to just get everything out of my brain. I right, go. All right. Here's what I'm thinking. All right. Okay. The start. fuck's a deal with butterflies? Ugh. Today I saw a video of a butterfly that when it closes the wings it looks like a leaf. And then it opens it wings and it's butterfly. And it's like, I get that that's really handy for camouflage, but what if about, what about in autumn when people like to stomp on leaves? You, mm. You're fucked. Yep. Oh, no. What about if it's a guy who likes to play leaf harmonica? Yeah, and he picks you up 
No, you're a harmonica until you now can get free. Now you're involved in bush poetry or something. <laughs> Is that what you wanted? Is that what you wanted, butterfly? Yeah. Oh, very you confusing. Idiot. I've always thought of them as clean moths. Yeah. I can I can get into that. Clean moths. Mm. No dust. Is that what moths are dusty? They look dusty. That's how they get grey. Yeah. yeah. It's dust. There's some beautifully colourful moths out there, David. No, no there aren't. Okay. <laughs> some beautifully colourful dust out there is what you meant. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anything else on the chest of Jess? Oh, so many things. Flem. But, but we also said we'd get into it. Hey, we should get on with the show. This show works in a way where we each do a report one week after the other or something like that, right? And then we start the report each week by asking a question. Uh, this week Dave's doing the report, so he's going to ask a question now that's going to get us on topic. Jess and I do not know what the report is about. Dave hopefully does. Um, I've got some idea. Dave, can you tell me now what the report is about so that you and I know and only Matt doesn't? All right, I'll stop the recording for five seconds. Okay. And we're back, Jess. Pretty interesting topic. Wow. I think Wait, I didn't even oh. say, did you stop my brain as well? Yes, for five seconds. Uh, 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 I've got a question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you'll catch up. <laughs> my question to both of you is, what is arguably the most famous rebellion in Australia's Ooh, history. I think I know this one, but I don't know anything about it. Is it the Rum Rebellion? It is not the Rum Rebellion. Is that an Australian why? thing? That is Australian, which is what? Oh, Eureka. It is. Uh, yes. <laughs> I've got, got it. Is it the Eureka Stockade? <laughs> it is the Eureka Stockade. What is the Rum Rebellion? Uh, we can talk about it on another episode. That's why I added in arguably. Okay, in great. In case you said that. Wow. <laughs> huh? Jess? You, you already knew the answer because yeah, I told I knew. you so. That's why I didn't even guess because I didn't need to. You can't guess when you know. Yeah, it's not a guess. Oh, can it's we a... put that on a T-shirt? You can't guess when you know. Yeah. I'd just go straight to tattoo. Fuck yeah. All right. Yeah. Straight to tattoo. <laughs> neck tat. Can't guess when you know. You know? You know. I think you know. Mm. Is that also on the shirt? Yeah. On the tat? Oh, oh, the whole thing. I think you know. No, no, no. <laughs> I think you know. Come on. Oh, this is great. No, it is cool. the Eureka Rebellion, a.k.a. the Eureka Stockade. I know, I know. Uh, there's a flag, and I know there was a stockade. A stockade. I know nothing, even though my family is from there. Really, from the Ballarat region? Yeah, I should know that. So I was going to ask because this is in in Australia. This is a pretty famous topic. A lot, a lot of times in primary school or early high school, you do a project on this topic. Nah. You guys didn't ever do that. Nah. I don't think so. Now, this was suggested by Hannah Dempsey from Perth, so thank you very much, Hannah. And it was voted for by the Patreon listeners, and a few of them did comment saying, oh, that's going to be a bit nostalgic. I did a project. Oh, there you go. Right. So there you go. It was also, sorry to interrupt, it was handwritten and suggested by Josh and Connor Saunders who visited us. I think the only ever handwritten yeah. no, hat entry. No, Nesta had a handwritten one as well. Ah, um, but... Nesta, who cannot be bester. <laughs> you shan't be bester. Uh, when Matt Wait, I... bested. When that Matt ch- did... totally changes the <laughs> yeah, meaning. <laughs> when Matt and I did a gig in Ballarat ages ago. Yeah, like a year and a half. They came to the show and gave us a handwritten submission. Oh, that's really, really cool. I had no idea about that. So yeah. that also suggested by some local Ballaratians. Mm. Ballarats. Local Ballarats. Nesta, Nesta, the great suggester, but not in this case, not relevant. (laughs) Thank you for piping in then. Uh, I thought it had been a while since we'd done an Aussie topic, so I put three Australian topics in the the Patreon vote and this was the one that was chosen. By, By a landslide? 
I don't think landslides were voting in this one, Jess. It was the Patreons. Ah. Thank you to Patreon uh, subscriber 600. Mr. Landslide, <laughs> your vote got it across the line. Mm. 51%. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> to Let quote D. Warnicky, whoa. Put it on my tombstone. Whoa, Dave Warnicky. Wow. And then I'll put in brackets moments before he died. <laughs> By a landslide. <laughs> whoa. A comet. Behind that comet is a landslide. <laughs> Space landslide. That's what comets are. <laughs> whoa. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. When you think about it that way. I mean, everything's a landslide. In a way. Like you're a podcast landslide, Jess. Dave, you're a... Also a podcast landslide. Podcast maybe. landslide. It's, it's really hard. Anyway, I, you need a new stereotype. Um, <laughs> okay. Give me one. The boy landslide. All right. Okay. And you're a, you're a beard if, landslide. I'm a beard landslide. Great. All right. Well, that was, I'm glad I started that. Um, <laughs> Appreciate you going with the boy. <laughs> As opposed to other options. All right. <laughs> let's start the report. Uh, so this is a homegrown topic. Also... Pretty close to our Victorian hearts, this one. So to start the story and set the scene, we have to talk about Australia in the late 1840s. Ah, what a time. Oh, yeah. The 1840s. <laughs> That's why I paused. You went, oh, and I was like, here we go. And you didn't do it, and then you did it, and yeah. now I feel great. Yeah, fucking gotcha. <laughs> well, prior to 1851, the colonial government of New South Wales, which at the time included our state of Victoria... <gasps> In a way, we're all New South Welshmen. Mm. We are. It, it was pretty like most of Australia was New South Wales for a while, mm. I think. Like all the like the east all the coast, east coast. It? Yeah, it was I think early on it was Van. It was like Tasmania, New South Wales, and maybe Western Australia. Yeah, I think WA have always been there, and yeah, little thing, little thing. Well, <laughs> they're a third of our country <laughs> in size, in size and spirit. Yes, correct. So uh, this is prior to 1851. The colonial government had hushed up news whenever someone found gold, believing if the news got out that it would re- reduce the workforce and destabilise the economy. Basically, everyone would quit their jobs to go look for gold. Right. But then the Californian gold rush hit, and a lot of people living in Australia decided to travel over there to try and oh, strike no. a rich. Wow. So the government realised its mistake and started offering rewards for people who found gold here. Uh, so in July 1851, the Victorian gold rush began. So not only do you find the gold. <laughs> yeah, surely that's its bonus. Yeah, like so you can sell that for quite a bit of money. Yes, but I think a lot of the time you don't get to keep all of the gold. Right. If you want to ta- claim your tax, reward. Yeah, so like you sell it on, you get part of the gold. Hmm. Right, sort of like good. eBay. eBay takes a little fee. Exactly. Yeah. They've got to survive somehow. Were they selling their gold online? On eBay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. eBay.goldrush. Right. <laughs> <laughs> .com. Where they made com. That was so early. They could have Second had such time. simple websites, but they made them more complicated. Yeah. Someone got in there and just sort of parked on goldrush.com and just wouldn't. They're like eBay underscore goldrush69. 69. <laughs> 69. <laughs> <laughs> At Hotmail. <laughs> <laughs> that was the official government address. <laughs> Please email us if you find gold. <laughs> How shout out. So there's there were Australians who probably had gold in their backyard who went, I'm going to California. And then that word would have come through yeah, when like, they were arriving. Oh. Hey, there's a lot of gold down here. It was, yeah, you didn't realise it, but your house was gold. You didn't notice it was all shiny. Hmm. Quite cold. Come, yeah. 
It wasn't actually quite cold. It was quite gold. <laughs> An entire house of gold and they've gone to California. California. And it would be back then. It's not just a simple flight over, is it? No. That was two flights. Oh, no, thank you. No plane could fly that far in 1850. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Fortunately, uh, that all changed when they invented the gold plane, solid gold. <laughs> yeah. It flew like a plane made of gold. So, sorry, it's solid gold? Yes. Where do the people sit? Well, it was that, that was one of the many oversights. <laughs> they rode it like a horse. <laughs> Everyone's that on top. That seems like a terrible idea. Yeah, it crashed into the ocean. And, uh... <laughs> and yeah, that's that's people still looking for it. The lost city of Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's a gold submarine. That's how they... Yeah. The marketing spin. Sure. <laughs> you understand. Oh, I get it. So July 1851, the Victorian gold rush began. And this is the setting for today's report. People began to find lots and lots of gold in Australia. For a number of years, the gold output from Victoria alone, second only to to California, and if you exclude California, just our state alone had a greater output than any other country in the world. Wow. Good on us. Every other entire (laughs) country, California and Victoria, are both having more gold. Because we just had a lot of gold. Yeah, but how? Just naturally occurring. How'd it get there? Space. How's gold? What's gold? Landslides. How's it happen? Just Why do we have it? Dreams. Oh, More people. Just trying to make her understand that I don't know. I didn't look that bit up. <laughs> you didn't look up what's gold? What is gold? But don't what you kind find of that interesting? Shallow that, like, report. That just in one little, and Victoria's not that big, in one little corner of a of a country, we've got heaps of gold. Do you think that's cool? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's just a made-up thing. Okay, the, we've we've decided it's valuable. It's just a it's yeah, just a true. weird rock, right? But this is just the first time that I've ever got excited about the origins of something, and yeah. now you, you two are like so. Sorry. And I just don't. I mean, I suddenly understand what it's like to deal with me, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> I will ask more questions in the oh, future. That's totally fine. I just think that's fascinating. Sorry. No, I, I, yeah, it is. I just never really thought about it as hard as you. Well, that's because I'm the smartest woman in the yeah. universe. You're the thinker. You got those little grey cells working. Yeah. <laughs> Love those little grey cells. Uh, so news uh, spread about the riches that could be made and more and more people travelled to Victoria to try their luck. And also it's just a great tourist destination. Totally. You've got lots of cafes. Yes. Um, Ballarat. But, no, Victoria. Oh, Victoria. Bars. <laughs> Yeah, there's nowhere else in the world that has Bush cafes walking. and bars. The Melbourne Comedy Festival. Yeah. Nah. Huh? How many, other, huh? How many others of those are there? Why are you hating on Victoria so uh, hard? You were born and raised here, young it's, man. It's a fine It's a fine place. It's a, I don't like the sound of that tone in fine. It's a golden place. Thank you, David. The Garden State. My next uh, sentence here is, it really put Australia, Victoria and Melbourne on the map. Yeah, like our city scene, our bars. Yes. <laughs> Cafes, bushwalk. Why should we go to Melbourne? Our city scene. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, get to Melbourne, then you'll understand. Well, this is how, how much it really exploded. This is the population growth of non-Indigenous Australians before and during the gold rush. So in 1835, none. 1840, 10,000. 1851, when this all kicks off, 29,000. Three years later, 1854, 123,000. Then by 1960, Victoria's population had hit 540,000 people. Wow. 
Wow. So it really gone up. 1960. 1860. 1860. I was going to say. You so said 1960. You did say 1960. You oh, did I? You so sorry. You That's a oh real trap. Oh, my God. Trap. Got me. I was about to call him. I was about to, like, go hard and be like, you fucking <laughs> idiot. But then <laughs> that sorry was so cute. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Whoopsies. <laughs> <laughs> so people are coming to Victoria. In 1860. Nice. Got it right. Uh, sailors and captains deserted ships. People in uh, city official-type official, official type jobs written here gave up their relatively cushy lives and picked up pans and shovels in the hopes of striking it rich. These hopefuls were called diggers. And not all of them got rich, but many stayed and this transformed Australia. Gold diggers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense now. People came in from all over the world, particularly from China. This this period. Uh, This had all kicked off this Victorian gold rush when a man named Thomas Hiscock. Very good. He was in charge of Hiscock. (laughs) He discovered discovered with a shovel. (laughs) I imagine gold in Bunanyong, about eleven kilometres from the town of Ballarat. That's where my uncle lives. Bunanyong, Mount Bunanyong. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Right near Ballarat in August 1851. This sparked huge interest in the area and kicked off the Victorian gold rush. I hadn't thought about this before, but at the start of the gold rush, there was no roads to the gold fields and no shops or houses there. So people had to carry everything they needed through the bush. They they travelled by horse or by walking with wheelbarrows loaded with their possessions. So they were really desperate to make it work. Wow. You've got to travel a long way with a wheelbarrow to get there. Have you seen the Australian film The Nugget? No. That, that's with Dave ago. O'Neill. Dave O'Neill. Eric Banner? Yep, Stephen Curry. Uh, and uh, now it's all I can think about now that that's what we're talking about, but I can't remember how it ends. <laughs> and that's killing me. But it's about a big gold nugget? Yeah, they find they find gold. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. That was, real... <laughs> that was worth me. Jumping in there. That's a real parable. Mm. <laughs> I learn, learn a lot. What would you say is the moral of that story? It's similar in so many ways. It really is. In mm. that they found gold. I've got a whole section on the nugget at the end of the report. Do you? Absolutely not. <laughs> but if you'd like, I can try and make up a fun fact at the end. Thank, Thank you. you. I would like something. that, yes. I'll find something. Thank you. Is there, is there something called, is it the Welcome Strange or anything to do with anything? Yeah, the Welcome Strange, that's the largest gold nugget ever found anywhere. Right. And it's also a pokies venue in the city. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. They've taken that. I think it was found in New South Wales. Am right. Fuck! Right. They get everything cool. <laughs> but I mean, at this was was no, Victoria. Victoria. I lied. I just lied. Found it. One of ours. California. Mollyagul, Victoria. Oh, there you go. About nine miles west of Denali, and it was absolutely massive. But it was uh, yes. a bit later than this. It was found in 1869. All right. <laughs> All right. As of 2018, it would have been worth uh, $3.8 million this, if you found this nugget today, which no one has since. So there you go. So anyway, people are desperate to make it work. They're wheelbarrowing through the bush just to just to get to the, you know these gold sites. And at first it was pretty great because gold was found in rivers or on the surface, near the surface of uh, just the dirt. You didn't have to dig very far or basically it's referred to as alluvial gold. Alluvial. So it's just in the most of this is just in the water, and you can just use a little pan to extract it. You just got to find it amongst the other grains of rock and dirt there, huh. and it's just on the surface. Anyone can find it. 
But Uh-oh. thousands of people were panning, and as this surface gold ran out, gold seekers were forced to look further underground. This involved digging deeper mines and was much, much, much more dangerous. Much, much, much more dangerous. <laughs> no, no. Much, much more dangerous. Oh, I'm sorry. I added a much. Thank you. I will you, not no, be taken. You, oh, you're singing Macho Man. I was thinking that. Well, yeah, Matt was doing a little groove. He did a little groove. Much, 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 oh man. <laughs> uh, what's it mean? I was thinking, I was singing the shake, 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 shake Joanna. Sonora. Sonora. I was, well, I was singing gibberish. Sure. Well, that ended up having a n- to, nothing to do with anything. <laughs> but it was, I was singing, I was saying the words. Much. 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 Oh, much. So sorry. Much. 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 Anyway, you asked. <laughs> yeah, hey, that, that's on us. <laughs> there was a mouse on a little wheel. <laughs> that's my brain. <laughs> my little grey cells are just mice. Yeah, they'll be firing up. Uh, life on the goldfields, I want to tell you about it. It was anything but life easy. Life on the goldfields. It ain't easy. <laughs> Great, not easy. Uh, the space where someone was digging was called a claim. To keep their claim, a person had to work on it every day except Sunday. Lord's Day. Yeah, that's nice. You've got to have a day off. Mm. If no one was working a claim or you took a day off that wasn't Sunday, someone else could jump in and take it. This was called claim jumping and fights often broke out between people. I imagine if you are a claim jumper, you're a bit of a low dog. Definitely. And like, uh, I got up earlier than you. You went here by 5am, so now it's mine. I imagine that kind of stuff was happening. Wow. A lot of imagination going on there. At what point would you stop? Like, let's say you're just finding, like, little, little nuggets, and they're still worth a bit of money, but, like, you know, not enough to, like, make you live like a king forever. So at what point, dollar-wise, would you stop? You'd go, I've got enough for this amount of money, I'm done. For forever? It depends. I think think the whole gold mining thing uh, is stupid, and I think it's, it's you may as well be buying lotto tickets. Was your question about gold mining? I missed the start. Yeah. Yes, it was. At what point would you cut your losses? And I would cut them before I started. Okay. I wouldn't. Have, I would have stayed in town and picked up one of the cushy jobs that someone left. Honestly, they would have been desperate to have you. Yeah, that would have been. It would have been so good. For I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Just, just use that to double le- the pay. Yeah, leverage yourself up to be the CEO of like the biggest bank or something. Yeah, that's what I would have done. Fuck, that Smart. is good. Well done. Because it's it's really hard life. They lived in tents at first, uh, but little makeshift villages began to pop up. Food and supplies had to be brought in, again, without proper roads, probably with a wheelbarrow. So stuff's very, very expensive because it's all imported. Uh, finally, many of the people who got rich were the people who set up the shops and sold stuff to the people hoping to strike it rich. Right, okay. So people would set up pubs, oh. you know, clubs or just like grocery-style shops. Or, you know, offer to take your mail and that kind of thing. And those people started making a killing off the people who were gambling yeah. everything. Wow. The pubs are really popular. I, I've written here that I imagine that Matt would go all the way from the city to find gold but then end up spending the day at the pub instead. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. I mean, someone's going to run that pub. Yes. And I don't know if you just heard that, Matt, but those people were getting really rich. <laughs> I did not hear that, but... So you were on your phone. <laughs> I, um... <laughs> Dave, please... <laughs> Um, that was our little secret. Sorry. I, I imagine you were Googling the nugget facts. <laughs> Save me. We, but I, I, again, I just, the, surely the pubs in town are still better. Why are you going out to these shitty, they'd be, imagine how shitty those pubs would be. Oh, most of this, they're building them out of 
bark and like uh, tents at first and then making sort of more makeshift yeah. stuff. Yeah, and the they'd water. be getting muddy water and they'd, they'd let mould grow in it and they'd go, here's another sweet brew. Oh, it's bad. And it wasn't an easy journey to the goldfields with many of the people who had come from overseas spending uh, seven or eight months cramped on ships just to get to the country. And for the people living in the city that were travelling to or from the goldfields, they were often held up by bush rangers on the way there. Oh, on the way oh, okay. So you're like, I, f- I found a $100,000 nugget. I've just got to go take it back to my family. Bush, bush ranger. ranger. <laughs> that would be no good. That and with, when you're stealing, like, cash from someone... Like if you just had heaps of cash on you, you'd have like a little bit, you'd separate it. Mm. So they might get some of it but not all of it. But with a gold nugget. Oh, you got to shove it up your chuff. (laughs) That's the only option. What's your chuff again? The chuffer. Your chuff. My chuff. Shove it up your chuff. We've all got one. What's wrong with Uh, you? You know what I mean? Throat. Yeah. (laughs) Shove it up your chuff. (gasps) Nostril. Not your nostrils. Chuff. Your nugget hole. Gotcha. Dave. The nugget bank. Stop. It's what they called it. That's not what they it's called a nugget it at bank. all. <laughs> Check it out the nugget bank. Oh. Got to make a deposit at the nugget bank. <laughs> you make it back up to the bank and you have to say, I'd like to make a deposit. <laughs> I'm going to need a few minutes. <laughs> I'm good for it, I swear. <laughs> it's a soft metal, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, when hot enough. Yeah, that's right. It's not liquid at room temperature. Yeah. How? You've got to probably chuffs up your chuff means like chimney, right? Chimneys yeah, are warm. Yeah, it up yeah. Your chuff. <laughs> nice and warm. They are very warm chuffs. Now, if you did make it to the mining sites, diets were very poor. Some people died of dysentery and typhoid from the lack of cleanliness and lack of sewerage. But remember, you're there to strike it rich. Yeah. It's worth it. What a nightmare. Yeah. It sounds horrible, but I am a dreamer. I'm a dreamer. So you'd take it. I, but I'm not very good in conditions where you don't have room anything service. less than business class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there it is. I need the luxury of an empty chuff. <laughs> <laughs> now, unlike anything, if people are making money, so some people are making, making money, especially when you first get there because if you're one of the first people there, gold is – ridiculously easy to find in comparison to, you know, right now if you go into your backyard, you don't expect to find anything. Yeah. But at the time, you could be expected to see something, you know. It's not a ridiculous dream. So you're saying I shouldn't dig up my backyard? Mm. No, I reckon you should, just in case. Never know. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not talking about your town. This is a whole different place. I don't know if there's been a gold rush in your neck of the woods. No one's found your gold yet. Excellent. But like anything, if people are making money, the government are going to ask for a cut of the pie. Yeah, they do that, why, don't they? Why are there pies now? Mm. Gold pies. Golden pie. And there was that much coal, they just didn't know what to do with it. Golden plane, golden pie. People are going crazy. Golden tickets. Yeah. Wow. Was Willy Wonka in, involved? Yeah. Yep. Bloody Absolutely. hell. Obviously, of course he was. Oh, dumb question. What's he like, eh? What does he like? Oh. Gold. Chocolate. Gold. Yeah, he's gold. It's like chocolate gold. Spreading joy. Just four days after Thomas Hiscock's discovery of gold, he's the guy that kicked this whole thing off. That was just four days after it was published by the Geelong Advertiser. I did work experience there. Oh, my goodness. So many connections. <laughs> many, many years later, to be honest. Um, oh. Just a few years ago. To, yeah. Right. Much closer to our time than to theirs. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Was just four days after that was published, and everyone. I wonder sort of... if it was the same editor. He was really lovely. Was he really old? No. Okay. Hmm. But just four days after it was published in Jess's future newspaper, yeah. Lieutenant Governor Charles Latrobe <gasps> oh. claimed, uh, proclaimed in the Government Gazette, crown rights for all mining proceeds. So, you know, they, that's them claiming yeah. their stake. As. And a licence fee of 30 shillings per month, effective from the 1st of September 1851. And a licence fee is just for the right to have a crack and go go and dig. You have to pay a fee. 30 shillings a month. I wonder yes. how much that would be. Um, would that um, be a lot it's, do you I, at the time? From what I've read, it's not a ridiculous amount, but for people, if you find nothing, it's a lot. Yeah, gotcha. It's yeah, a big yeah. chunk of zero. Ch- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, cool. Uh, side note, Jess, I don't know if you remember, but Charles Latrobe is the guy that Josh Earl from Don't You Know Who I Am Spoke about when we were on his pod a few weeks ago. He told us that when Latrobe's wife died, he then quickly married her sister. Oh, do you remember yeah. he said that? So yeah. Josh was right, and I, I just looked into this, and this is true. And apparently, it was illegal at the time because marrying your wife's sister was considered incest. Oh, until 1907, when an act of parliament in the UK called hmm. the Deceased Wife's Sister Marriage Act of 1907 Holy shit. was introduced and began allowing a man to marry his dead wife's sister which had previously been forbidden. And also a wife could now marry her dead husband's, husband's brother. Okay, because I was like, that is a weirdly specific. <laughs> know, but can you to, imagine the guy like that's campaigning for that? Yeah. To His put that in a still alive. context, that's a, a long time before women got the vote in Australia and so long before Indigenous Australians got the vote yeah. or even a, like allowed to be citizens. Yep. We had We had priorities in order. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? But let us yep. marry. Obviously, top of the list. Yeah, yeah. I want to marry my dead wife's hot sister. It should <laughs> it does... be the dead wife hot sister. It does seem Lord. strange, doesn't it? Um, sorry, we were just thinking maybe we could um, uh, treat our, our women and and indigenous Australians as humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get whoa, to whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Have you seen my wife's sister? I need to marry I that. Need to marry... Your wife is still very much alive. So... <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah, but she won't always be. Yeah, an heir and a spare, am I right? Mm-hmm. All right. A what? An heir and a spare? I haven't heard that. What does that mean? That's what people refer to when uh, royalty have two children. Oh, oh an heir and a spare. That's I'm fun. the spare <laughs> yeah, in so, my and then family. It's just expanded to the I'm second. the first of three spares. <laughs> well, but they... you're the first boy. Oh, is that still, does that still matter what in the that, British? Back then? No, not one? anymore. No, no not, not since anymore. Princess Charlotte was born. Oh, sick. Good on them. So, but she's still certainly the spare. Oh, she's the spare for sure. Ah, uh, wait. You, uh, you would have been the heir. Right. Wait, what is. Ah, uh, it doesn't matter. But George. who's Charlotte? Okay. George's little sister. William and Kate's right. Charlotte. Since she was born, yep. it's changed. Yep. Since she was born and they knew it wasn't going to be relevant. Yep. Cool. <laughs> No, but it is relevant because they had the new son, Louis, and he would have gone up the chain. Yeah, he would have been uh, ahead of Charlotte, but right. now she, she would still take it first. Yeah. God, sorry. No, that's, that's, I forget that. you guys are monos. Yeah, we're monos. Mono brows, monograms, monopoly. Mononyms, <laughs> when people are referred to as just one name, for example, Prince. Or Dave. Or yeah, I, I'd love if I was Dave. People said that, and they knew who you were talking about. What about Bob? Dave in Melbourne comedy? Yeah, yeah. we know Dave. Know. 
Dave, Sher, Prince. Bop. Bop. Bop actually has a chance. A chance. A lot. <laughs> Bop has a chance. Actually, you Give could be Stephen. You could be a good chance for Stephen. No, that's taken by that little dog. <laughs> oh, wait. Sorry, I get I'll you too have, confused. I'll let him have that fucking dog. That's Stephen. Title. That fucking dog. <laughs> you hate that dog so much. No, I really like dogs, but that one. <laughs> I reckon he's secretly a cat. <laughs> Something about him. What does that make you? Dave, still sorry. I guess I do get confused. I'm Dave. <laughs> right, yep. Is Dave trying to tell us he's a cat? I'm not sure. I'm crying out for help. Meow. <laughs> Purring out for help. <laughs> Get that man a saucer of milk. <laughs> I went to a cafe today and the toilets uh, had, there was two toilets and one had like a rooster on it. Cocks, I guess. But then the women's ones had a cat. Oh, so it is cocks and pussies. It took me a really oh, long time no to get it. Like, I was like, why am I going into the right one? And then I was like, oh, pussies. Oh. Well, that feels like a, like a gross bar or sort of Yeah, setup. but it was like quite a lovely cafe in, in Richmond. So quirky. I was like, oh, I don't want to, but I do need to wee. <laughs> anyway. Get this man a saucer of milk. <laughs> anyway, so that was just my little side note on Charles Latrobe. Yeah. Thank and you that was you. our little side note. On, on my little side note. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Anyway, hey. Latrobe introduced these fees. Such a big name here, Latrobe, as well. Oh, yeah, Latrobe like there's Valley. A university. Multiple universities. I attended one. Just one. I missed who he was. Just quick, very quickly. He's the governor. He's the governor at the time. Okay. Of- Did he go on to become a prime minister or anything? No. No. We did not. But, yeah, just to – so he's big in Victoria because he was an early government I assume Victoria. all these old dudes are bad people as well on some level, certainly by today's standards. Is that fair in this guy's case? Well, I mean, in the stockade, people are often – and we'll let you see who you want to side with hmm. – often side with the working class di- uh, diggers, the miners. And right. he's basically on the other side. Gotcha. I'm going to side with the Richies. <laughs> all right. You and Latrobe. Yeah. yeah. So I'm all about cash. Yeah. <laughs> and marrying dead sisters. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> no, no, that's not right. It's not a necro, necromancing thing. <laughs> I mean, it's not that bad. Is that what necromancing is? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Please do go on. Anyway, Governor Latrobe introduced these uh, fees... For two reasons, the um, gold license fees. The first is the fast-growing population had cost the government a lot of money. After all, they had to supply services for all these people. So he hoped to raise revenue with the licenses. Services such as many pedis mm. Yes, um, optional dental. Dental, etc. Yes. Free salt. Free salt. Oh, my God. Valet parking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he needed cash. Basically, everyone had a chauffeur. Really? Yeah, hated himself into a corner here. Yeah, yeah I don't know what he, he just said. That's all part of the. It's all part of the, the Victorian service. Yeah, sorry oh. about that. Yeah, Whoop. there was a time at some point where Vic, apparently Melbourne was like the richest city in the world. Very brief time, I think it was around this period because of the I gold. Because of the gold, yeah, yeah. And they it was it was just flush with cash, but because the population grew so quickly, it um, the sewage systems and stuff weren't up up to scratch. And it started to stink, and apparently then started getting the nickname Smelburn. 
Good fun. Good fun little. That is good stuff. Possible fact there. Oh, yeah, no, we've. I feel. I, like... I remember on the Birkin wheels, Jeff. Thank maybe, you. maybe that's where I learned it when yeah. I when I said it. Yeah, you know, no. Well, that's good that you retained of... something from an episode so long ago because I already don't remember last week's episode, <laughs> and I did it. Jim Belushi. <laughs> well, you did post about it this Shut week. Up. <laughs> hey, we got away with that. No one said anything. Uh, <laughs> I'd just woken up. Anyway, last week's episode is about John Belushi, <laughs> which Jess spoke about for about an hour and a half and then posted this week's episode's Jim Belushi. It's because I... We talked about him. Well, because the episodes go live at like one and I woke up at about quarter past one after um, doing radio till six in the morning. Oh, all right, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Triple J National Radio. <laughs> um, so I was a little bit delirious and sleepy still. So Absolutely fair enough. No, it's not. It's no excuse. I'm I mean, kidding. that Matt, makes sense. Matt caught it so fast and fixed it for me. I could, but yeah, I was, I was expecting because there were comments, but all the comments were positive. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, huh. Curly Sue fans, fair enough. <laughs> Anyway, let's try. Just... <laughs> let's give Jess time time to breathe. Latrobe's second reason for having these gold fees, uh, he also hoped the fees would stop people from fleeing the cities to try and strike it rich. The gold rush had been a huge drain on the workforce, so you, he's, the government are struggling to fill jobs, right? Basically, because everyone's left to go get rich. Hmm. Good time to be around. Good time to want a cushy job yeah. in uh, local government. Only you probably they wouldn't be cushy because you'd be you'd be run off your feet. Yeah, yeah you'd be the one person in that department. <laughs> oh. You're the sewage person. Oh, That's oh, why shit. it smells so bad. Oh shit! Because it's Matt doing a whole city. <laughs> oh, all right, great. Smelly Matt. <laughs> That's what they called him. <laughs> you were alive during this period, am I right? Yes. <laughs> and you were smelly during this period, were you yes. not? Yes. Yeah. Oh. They hadn't invented showers yet, I don't think. <laughs> the stench. Oh. They hadn't invented men body wash, and I will not use any sort of floral body wash. <laughs> it needs to be in a black container. Yeah. All right, go for and it. It's got to be a, be suitable for my body, my face, <laughs> and my head. My hair. Do it all. <laughs> body wash. Oh, I hate when you go into a hotel and they've just got one for everything. Uh, no, that's gross. No. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> there is a shower gel in my shower that claims to do, it all. do all three, which is just weird. What? You I mean... need a conditioner, please. Am I <laughs> yeah. right, Matt? Oh, sure. You Obviously understand. you need a condition. Yes. But you do an all-body shampoo and then you do an all-body condition. <laughs> condition. <laughs> and then a condition. And a condition. <laughs> <laughs> That's the attitude. <laughs> <laughs> So the fees of uh, 30 shillings a month, you asked before if it was a lot. I've got here, regardless if you You're pointing want... at Matt. I asked before. <laughs> I was thinking that. I'm like, no one can hear that he's pointing at me, <laughs> so it's fine. I won't mention it. <laughs> I know. No, no, no. I'll bring it up. Now, Matt, you asked before <laughs> if it was a lot per month, and I'm going to tell Jess that... Um... Don't tell Jess. She doesn't give oh, a shit. Doesn't... Tell me. Well, Matt. For the average miner, it was. I'm looking at Jess. Uh, for the average miner, it was quite a lot. And it only got harder to pay when the surface gold, this alluvial stuff, began to run out. 
So this is according to the National Museum of Australia. In 1852, pretty early on, 35,000 miners were in Victoria in the Victorian goldfields and they were producing about five ounces of gold per head. Not bad. Wow. But by 1854, just two years later, the population had almost tripled while production had decreased to just one and a half ounces per head. So there's a lot less to go around now. Yeah, and more people. Yes, so it was hard, getting harder to make a living and these licences became quite a point of contention because mm. everyone's paying for them but mm. not everyone's finding gold. Yeah. And if somebody was on like a real hot streak of finding gold, you can imagine that everybody else would just be oh, hating them. Oh, you'd just hate them, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you hate them? Ugh. Worst. Yeah. Worst of the worst. Uh, troopers that were referred to as tramps. Up come the troopers. One, two, three. Next line. Matt, that was a little bit derivative. And they came and they watched and they waited for the willy wall. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to come over here there now? Everybody sing. La, 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 la. Well, sing Matilda. Two, three. <laughs> really, I'm loving that some overseas... Jolly, jolly, jumbuck. This is what we're taught yeah. at a very young age. We all know their songs. I, I haven't heard that in a long time, but that was a song I used to hear all the time. And was that not a mishmash of many songs? Uh, you tell me. Yes, it was. I think it was a mishmash. A mishmash. Mish. A mishmash. It was a mishmash of... Uh, <laughs> Merry ma- Christmas, mishmash. <laughs> I think it's. I think you're looking for the word remix. But it, so, so you, what was? What did you say? Trooper. Uh, troopers referred to as traps because they're not liked by the diggers. And they're, they're they're cops basically. Yeah. So they conducted searches for diggers' licenses on the goldfields, oh. and they'd send out men to track down those that hadn't paid. Right. So they're the, the popo, getting in there, enforcing Latrobe's laws, making people cough up cash that they often don't have. Uh, there was widespread police corruption at all levels of enforcement as well. The miners claimed the police were extorting money, accepting bribes, and imprisoning people without any due process. Mm. The diggers could also be forced by the Gold Commission police to relocate without compensation. So you've worked on a site for a long time, hoping that any day now you find a nugget of gold, and then out of nowhere they could just force you to move on with, for no reason. Right. Just kick you off. And obviously people hate that. Uh, there was obvious malice between diggers and officials and... And the police. And by 1854, in the month of May, Governor Charles Latrobe resigned in despair at the, quote, atmosphere of insurrection in the goldfields. Insurrection. Yeah, so he... Um, that means, like, it can't get a boner. It's going in inside. Right. Oh, my God. And imagine <laughs> if that was the atmosphere doing that. Oh, my God. Any any dicks. Oh, widespread be, any dicks. That would be... Widespread, tense. like, because of chody, chody <laughs> Because of the atmosphere, wow. the air wow. was causing it. That's, I did not know that about the Eureka so is that, Did Do you know what's causing it? Yes, it's the air. It's yeah. the air. And then he was like, I've got to go. I quit. And the spare? or <laughs> No, that's why you have a spare. Okay. You keep them in a different an oxygen-proof chamber. Right. You open the chamber. They've, they've suffocated years ago. But right. You thought you'd save them, but you didn't. <laughs> it's, it's funny tragic. how the, the systems they used to have, isn't it's it? Tra- I know. I really should have thought that through. Yeah, but technology's didn't. really moved so far. <laughs> James, I'll come back when I need you. I'm going to put you in this oxygen-free chamber. Goodbye. <laughs> James, we need you. <laughs> James? Oh, oh, dear. Oh, dear. I should have had a third spare. A second spare. No, a third spare. <laughs> I had two, two inside the oxygen-proof chamber. 
James 1 and James 2. <laughs> I have no longer have a James. <laughs> so uh, Charles Latrobe, he's just suddenly quit. He had to wait for the new governor to arrive. Another famous name in Victoria replaced him. Sir oh, Ian McKellen. Yeah. Wow. Gumblegore. <laughs> Gumblegore! <laughs> <laughs> Can <laughs> try again? Are you trying um, to avoid copyright over there? <laughs> oh, Gumblegore's here. No, I'm, you I shall not gasp. <laughs> Is he Gumble, uh, Dumbledore or Gandalf? Gandalf. Gandalf. But both together. It's Gumblegore. Gumblegore. That's great. The former Supreme Wizard being. <laughs> they are basically the same character, right? I look. Bearded guys. I'm going to tend to Beards all look the yes. same to me. Uh, so it was Sir, uh, Sir, Sir Charles. Charles Darwin. Yes. <laughs> what? No. Deep Riding it. on a turtle. <laughs> Charles. Tortoise. They named, uh, he's, uh, they've named a mountain after him. Oh, okay, Dandenong Ranges. <laughs> Charles Blue Mountains. <laughs> no Victorian mountain. Charles Kosciuszko. Charles Buller. Charles. Charles Buffalo. Charles, Charles Hotham. Charles Hotham. <laughs> it was Sir Charles Hotham replaced him. Oh, I'm so mad you got it. <laughs> I mean, I did have all the guesses, though. I'm surprised. Sorry. Yeah, typical. Yeah. Uh, so Privilege. Tri- I don't know Charles Hotham. So Charles Hotham arrived. He found the colony's finances in chaos. The deficit for the year was £2 million and revenues were falling sharply. And back then, £2 million is like all the money in the world. Wow, well, that's a lot. That can't yeah. be. Look, so so there was no money left. All right. It's all the money in the world in except, London. except for one pound. Wow. wow, one pound going around out there feeding wow. everyone. It's very wow, it's a very dangerous situation. Oh no! Oh dear. <laughs> According to an article by the Lancaster Infantry Museum that I read, uh, as many as half of the diggers didn't pay for their license fees. Yeah, people are evading at all costs. Ballers. So Hotham chose to take on the miners and collect the money that the colony badly needed. This meant more police raids and the divide between the so-called law and the diggers became even greater. The so-called law. I know which side Dave's sitting on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm painting a bit of a bias side here. Most of the diggers hadn't found their fortunes and anything they did they found they thought of theirs and theirs alone. And at this stage they didn't have any rights to vote. So had no hope of overturning the legislation enforcing the taxes. Right. So they've got no say in it, which also is pissing them off. There was a lot of stuff piling up now, and all that was needed was one incident to tip the diggers over the edge. Oh, my God. What's it going to be? Bad batch of stew. <laughs> That's it. Let's build a stockade. That's it. This is, this is bullshit. This stew sucks. <laughs> There was riots in the streets. <laughs> it was a really bad batch. I don't know why that got me so much. This too sucks. <laughs> All grumpy teenagers. <laughs> oh, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much, Hotham. I want to go live with Dad. <laughs> You're not even my real dad, Hotham. Latrobe was my real dad and he's gone. Shacked out with his wife's sister. She's not even my real mum. She's my auntie. Now she's my stepmom. It's very confusing. <laughs> very confusing. This sucks. <laughs> but uh, there's one incident that's going to tip them over the edge, and that incident came on October 6th, 1854. Ooh. Ooh. 
Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. If it's your first ever website or your business is expanding... Not in a way that's like, oh, my God, it's expanding like yeah, yeah. More physically. Like it's growing more customers, yes. more interest. Not like it's going to explode. Yeah, not like it's a building that's like blowing up and yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And I don't think they mean for marriage. You can sell your products on an online store, whether you sell physical or digital products or you offer services like massage or oh. nails. Oh my gosh. Or uh, consulting. Should we, after this, get Manny Petty? <laughs> Babe, I've already booked us in. <laughs> um, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. You know, what about blogging tools, you yeah. might be asking? I like to blog. I love to blog. I like to blog. I like to vlog. Yes. Well, Squarespace has powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. You can categorize, you can share, and schedule to make your content work for you. Scheduling is the best. Oh. Yeah. It looks like Jess has just uploaded something, What it? but it's like 3 a.m. in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the exact time I wanted to do it in New York City, baby. Exactly. Capture that New York market. Yeah. You mentioned vlogging as well. If you're into vlogging, you can organise your video library, showcase your content on beautiful video pages, sell access to your videos with member areas. The possibilities are endless. Now head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. So there's a lot of stuff piling up, as I said, and there was uh, one incident to tip the diggers over the edge. What was it? Murder. Oh. Oh, dang it. It was target. Murder. <laughs> well, it was Scottish miner James Scobie. Scobie. Not the Scobie. most Scottish sounding name I've ever Sorry, heard. Sorry, James Scotchy. Scobie. <laughs> Scobie. Scobie. He's done a wee Scobie. <laughs> James Scobie went to the Bentley's Hotel to have a drink with a friend, Peter Martin. No big deal, just having a drink with a friend. No, but there was a big deal because when they got to the, the pub, the place was shut. And Martin claims a hand smashed through a window and hit James Scobie. Okay, that is odd. <laughs> it's also been said. Uh, that Did the Sco- piano you play stop? <laughs> <laughs> well, it couldn't before. <laughs> no, it's also been said that Scobie tried to break into the closed pub. To yeah. me, that makes more sense. That makes more Rather sense. Rather than someone punching through a window to punch you, why would they do that? Just come outside and punch me. That's pretty badass if that is what <laughs> yeah, someone did. so good. Yeah, it's cool. Or super coward punch. I'm not sure which. <laughs> through a window. Either, Somewhere way, in both. either way, a scuffle broke out between uh, Scobie, his mate, and the people inside the pub, and Scobie tried to fight back, but his friend Martin dragged him away. The pub owner... James Bentley and his staff, thinking that Scobie had smashed the window, which he may have done, tried uh, and tried to break into their pub. They followed the men and attacked them. Scobie was hit with what Martin described as something resembling an axe. Oh. Possibly an axe. 
Scobie died of his injuries. Oh. I'm so confused. Wait, so either he was in the pub. No, so, so enjoying it was the pub. Oh, it was close. So either he tried to break in and smashed a window, or someone smashed a window to punch him. Oh, through the pub. Through the pub. And he was walking past. Walking past. Yeah. That's what his mate says. It That's sounds a little far fetched. Sounds. <laughs> 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 but basically, a scuffle broke out. Scobie was murdered. An inquest into his death was held that same afternoon. Scuffle? People don't die in scuffles. Yeah. That's not a scuffle. That's a brawl. That's a brawl, right. Dave. A really big scuffle broke out. Really big. Dave, say brawl. It's not big enough to be a brawl, Jess. It's a legal definition. Wow. He's good. It's a big... He's by the book, our Dave. Yeah. Thank you. Well, something that wasn't by the book was the inquest that they held that day. They did so it via... Inquest to the... Stars. Murder. Oh, okay. <laughs> inquest to the stars about murder. At the inquest, James Bentley, the pub owner, he was the one that was accused of killing Scobie. He denied taking part in the death despite the evidence against him. The evidence was that people witnessed him yelling, Die! <laughs> Die! Die! And my axe to your face. <laughs> the local miners... Giblets. Giblets. <laughs> My favourite character. Him oh, and um, Gumblegore. Gumblegore. <laughs> <laughs> so he got off. Oh. And then he was released. <laughs> he bloody loves it. <laughs> he bloody loves a broken glass window, punched to the face, murder. No, the local miners felt that justice had not been served and were frustrated with what they saw as a dodgy decision made against one of their own. One of the court members was a police magistrate well known to have taken bribes from Bentley, the guy accused of murder. How very interesting. Mm. The diggers came together and began to protest this miscarriage of justice. Their anger came to a head when 10 days after Scobie's death, a group of five to 10,000 men and women gathered together to discuss the case. That is a big discrepancy. About it's also double. very difficult for 5,000 or 10,000 people to discuss anything. <laughs> Good point. Oh, my God. Imagine being in that group chat. Hey, hey guys, no, no, my, my turn. No, no, no. Let's listen to what Jess has to say. Okay, okay. Hey, you 8,000 over the back. Come on. A small group decided to take action into their own hands and they burnt the Bentley Hotel Whoa. to the ground. Whoa. Whoa. So they burnt the pub that the guy who was accused of murder and got off, he owned the pub. Some of the arsonists were arrested for their crimes and sent to six months in jail. Whoa. Whoa. A few days went past and a new witness came forward that implicated the pub owner in the murder and he was eventually found guilty of manslaughter and sent to three years hard labour. I did not know any of this. Huh. Really? Hard labour. Three years of hard labour for manslaughter. That's interesting. Hmm. This event is seen as pivotal, pivotal, and pivotal wow. in the lead up to the culmination of this story. This was the oh god, we haven't got to the story yet. <laughs> Just this is pivotal preamble. in the culmination of the preamble. <laughs> no, this was the first major time the diggers had come together in such numbers and rebelled against authority. I think that they were just starting to see the power that the people united has. Power to the people. That's right. Over the next weeks, the miners met and elected leaders who approached the new Victorian governor, Charles Hotham. They demanded the release of the men who burnt down Bentley's hotel and cheaper miners' licences. But the governor, being a bit of a wanker, took offence to having demands made of him and dismissed their grievances. Get out of my chambers. I'm trying to have a bath. (laughs) Oh, was he having a bath? You didn't mention that, Dave. He was having a bath. 
in blood <gasps> of the miners, the common man. Was he some sort of a vampire governor? They don't yeah. bathe in it. Oh. They drink it. Oh. What it's you... arguably worse. <laughs> Yuck. You need a lot less to drink than to bathe in. Mm. Good point. I mean, what Arguably average person is what, about six litres? You fill in a 200 litre bath. Oh my God. Yeah. You killed a lot of people. <laughs> Just for but, a bath. So Hotham's a bit of a wanker, but sensing that these people should be completely ignored, he then dispatched 150 British soldiers from the 40th Regiment of Foot to Ballarat to reinforce the police and soldiers already stationed there. Just in case shit started to get real, he sent in some reinforcements. Oh dear. And on the way over to reinforce their colleagues, it did get real, Jess. Uh-oh. It did. spaghetti An army baggage cart was stopped by armed... <laughs> imagine it was that. It was stopped. <gasps> by armed diggers, a soldier was badly beaten, and a drummer boy was shot in the leg. Oh, my God. Not the drummer I know. boy. He's the most innocent of all boys. pa pum pum Hopefully, yeah, especially... I mean, leg at first, I'm like, oh, thank God it was only his leg. He can still drum. But drummer boys often had those... Symbols between their knees. Oh, no. So that, I mean, hopefully he's not one of them because that, I mean, he can't do any of the crashes. Mm. Well, no, I'm thinking of one-man bands. Yeah, he was not a one-man band. He was a one-man drummer boy. Okay. Thank God. Thank goodness. Thank God. Uh, Elsewhere, diggers attacked mounted policemen with clubs and stones. So violence is starting to take place here. Sensing a change in atmosphere, the diggers held another mass meeting on November the 29th at Bakery Hill. There's a... um. It's McDonald's at Bakery Hill. Isn't that beautiful? They mm. met in the McDonald's car park of Bakery Hill. <laughs> Pete Jones in the uh, room next to us currently as at the time of recording. From the Kentucky Fried Chatting Podcast. That's his, Pete um, Jones. I believe, his favourite McDonald's in Ballarat. What a... That is a fun fact. <laughs> I think people have just pulled over. People who were driving down the highway have gone, I need to, I need to take a moment. Yeah. <laughs> no, what they need to do is call their friends because they, what they've just realised is that I know that about my very good friend Pete, but do they know, do they know their friend's favourite McDonald's? Favourite McDonald's in Ballarat? Mm. Or I doubt anywhere. it. I doubt it. Just doubt ask it. a question. Just reach out to one another. Yeah. Connect. Get off your phones. Yeah. Connect with one another. My favourite one is the one that has the two big arches that from a certain angle you can it looks like it spells boobs. Is that the original one? Yeah, it was the one that Jess talked about in the McDonald's episode. Yeah, it looks like boobs. Oh. At a certain angle looks <laughs> very sexy. <laughs> anyway, they're at Bakery Hill. Ten thousand of them com- congregated to hear the news of what Hotham said to their demands. When they were told he ignored their pleas, they decided to form the Ballarat Reform League. So BRL. You know, the BRL. Burl. Burl. <laughs> the Burl. Burl. A Canadian miner called Captain, in quotation marks, Henry Ross, produced. In quotation a f- marks. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Henry Ross produced a flag stitched together by English women Anastasia Withers, Anne Duke, and Anastasia Hayes. It was a white cross with a star at the end of each arm on a blue background. They called it the Southern Cross, and it was hoisted up a flagpole as a symbol of their resistance. I hadn't yet discovered the actual Southern Cross. Pardon? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there is a Southern Cross. That's right, the constellation. And they hadn't figured that one out yet, I'm guessing. Or chose to ignore it and make up their own Southern Cross. Well, I think the, I think this was their just their be- like, yeah. Was, I'm assuming this is their bad attempt at it. Was it? 
Yeah, so I think it's to represent. I mean, the Southern Cross to me it looks like an off, off. It's kind of a skew if diamond, if anything. Who's seen a cross in that anyway? That should be. That's what it should be. The skew if cross. Yeah. No, the skew if diamond. diamond. Fuck. The Australian yeah. skew if diamond. Get that tatted on your leg, mate. <laughs> Ah, oh, beautiful. Anyway, the group gathered before... My granddad died under the skew if diamond. <laughs> the group gathered before and saluted the flag. In Australia, this is a very famous flag and to this day still used as a symbol by labour groups and unions. Yes. Uh, the meeting passed a resolution, quote, that it is the inalienable right of every citizen to have a voice in making the laws he is called on to obey and that taxation without representation is tyranny, end quote. So that's what they're gathering towards. They want to be able to vote, and they do not want to be uh, taxed unless they vote. Hmm. The newly reformed league shot their guns into the air and threw their gold mining licences onto the fire. Yeah, stick it to the man. Yeah. Did the bullets rain back down on them? No, they shot them at appropriate angles. Oh, okay. But they rained down on someone. Oh, that's good. That's that, something I never really thought about. Yeah. Like it, as a kid, I just down. yeah, that's it doesn't disappear into the sky. <laughs> Surely, in the history of you know humanity, someone has shot it into the air and has just come down and hit an innocent person. Yeah, just a few miles away. Bloody hell! No makes good. You, makes you think, doesn't well, it? Uh, I'm gonna think twice next time I fire my gun into the air haphazardly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have been just willy nilly mm-hmm. twenty one gun salute for everything. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my wheat bigs were delicious this morning. Fuck. Anyone counting so far? Sorry, I'm just buying my bullets at the um, self scanning register before I go and shoot them. You're buying the bullets one at a time? They don't have a value pack? No. One bullet you're buying at a time? One cent a piece. It's a real good deal. Okay. All right, keep going. All right, now I'm going to load the gun. <laughs> what does that sound like? <laughs> How many does this gun hold? That's three. Four. Five chickas. Six. That sounds appropriate. No, okay, it's got more than that. That's a seven, seven shooter. Wow. Oh, wow. Three full rounds and you do your 21 gun salute. Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> It's a silencer. Can you take the silencer off? Oh. It's more effective that way. Thank you. Oh, wow. Can you stop kicking that dog under the table and start firing the gun? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot what we're doing here. Sorry, pup. <laughs> Sorry, so I'm going to sell, sell someone that pup later. Yeah, people thought you were firing a gun, but you were just kicking a pup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you've done three with a silencer. Four more to go. Oh, you went, sorry, you want me to do the other? Yeah, the yeah, rest for, of, just do the rest of this. Uh, quick. Okay, and we'll do the others after the show. Right? Okay. <laughs> the sun's off now. Four more without the sun. Okay, great. Ah, sorry, that sorry. dog is really oh. sorry. I'm sorry, mate. Just give us one second. It needs it, to be wow. fed, mate. Come on, just let us fire the gun. <laughs> Did you just pop a champagne bottle? Because we've only done three bullets. <laughs> I was ready to celebrate, but I forgot. Okay. The job at hand needs to get completed before right. we... <laughs> four minutes ago and then we'll have some All right, paper. sorry. All right, here we go. Last four. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, someone just put their hand up my chauffeur. 
All right. Well, sorry about that. I won't put, I won't put my get, hand up there. Four not, more to go. Okay. Just let me bloody shoot this gun, will you? <clears throat> oh, okay. That was one. <clears throat> That's two. <laughs> oh, up the chuff again. Sorry about that. <laughs> Dave, please. I'm trying to shoot my fucking gun. Oh, sorry. I'll let you get your light off. <laughs> Cops are here. Oh. I got... Well, because you've been shooting a gun into the air and kicking a dog. <laughs> Fucking fuck. All right. The Ambo was. Oh my god, the ambulance. Crook. Well, did you just step step on something? <laughs> I just cannot. Did you, step, did you step on that champagne bottle? Yeah, uh, crunched it. All right, here we go. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> Bang. <laughs> Bang. Oh, you got one more bullet to go. Bang! <laughs> wow, the seven shot salute, finally. <laughs> oh, wow, so you just do that three times, Jess, every time you want to celebrate something. Is that is that correct? Absolutely. Well, that will not be tedious. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you'll trim that out. No, leave all no of that way. fucking that is great. gold And uh, hopefully coming to a do-go automation to you somewhere soon. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, Joe Didier. John. All what right. are we talking about? The authorities started to sense <laughs> that something was going on, mainly because dogs were being kicked, champagne bottles popped, and uh, guns being shot into the air. So what better way than to stop the, this craziness than to add fuel to the fire and go on another gold license hunt? As they moved from tent to tent demanding these licenses, this is the police, a large group of diggers decided they'd had enough. A man named Peter Lawler stepped forth clutching a rifle and demanded that his fellow diggers take up arms and stand up for their, quote, rights and liberties. About 500 answered his war cry, and this group marched back to... What? Sorry, Dave. His war cry? Matt, what did that sound <laughs> like? What did that sound like? <laughs> Let's get them, boys! <laughs> oh. I reckon it did. Yeah. And uh, with, that, with that war cry, they went to Bakery Hill. Yeah, that's back where up, all the wars start. Back up to the Macca's car park. <laughs> Couple of happy meals. The flag was still flying there, happy meal in hand. Beneath his flag, Peter Lawler, who, who became the leader of the Ballarat Reform League, swore, this is a famous quote in uh, Victorian history, we swear by the Southern Cross to stand truly by each other and to fight to defend our rights and liberties. To party. And to party. So Ballarat is still the party capital of Australia. Oh, yeah. Well, his mum walked in and said, what's that noise? I'm just jealous. It's the Ballarat boys. BC boys. All right. <laughs> so who was this hero? I hear you asking, Jess. Thank you for saving me there. <laughs> I didn't realise you guys were not as down with hip-hop as me. Uh, we do not have licences to ill or otherwise. Just to kill. Just to kill. So who was this hero, Jess? Well, I'll answer that question. Peter Lawler was born in Ireland in 1827. He was the youngest of 11 children. Meaning we have to ask, why not stop at 10? Correct. Thank you. And also, do they know what was causing it? 11? The youngest of 11. See, my mum... It's a Baker's Hill dozen. (laughs) Very good. Mum's one of nine kids, which means there's 11 in their family. They should have... I... I mean, it would have been nice if there was 10 of them, but that would mean that my Uncle Jeff wasn't alive. And he's arguably my favourite. Stinky Jeff. Stinky Jeff. I mean, I like that you got rid of Jeff before just adding another child. That would have taken 
No. Twelve. That's not right. Twelve. Twelve would bother me. Is that not enough? A dozen. Dirty dozen. Sure, that's fine. Oh, yeah. No. You guys don't get it. (laughs) Yeah, we don't get the number. I'm so sorry. It's a weird thing. I don't know. It's got to be round numbers. Yeah. It's got to be groups of ten. Yeah. Or five. Yeah. So twelve's not good, even though it's divisible by one, two, three, four, six, and twelve. Great point. Now that you've put it into maths terms <laughs> yeah, for me. Thank you. Now, if you could just relate it to geography, my other strength, <laughs> then you'll fully have me on board. Do you even fucking know who you're talking to? Dave. She asks asks that a lot off air. She yeah. says that, do you know who I am? Do you know who you're fucking talking to? Do not look me in the eye. I just you did. scum I just, people. I just, I just did. That's so what sorry. I say. Anyway, back to Peter Lawler, one of 11 children. He was a trained engineer and originally moved to Melbourne to work on the Geelong-Melbourne railway line, but like so many, deserted his job to go to the gold rush. Wow. He was uh, reportedly a charismatic man, well-spoken, and he was elected as the rebellion's leader, as I stated. Mm. Lawler, come, boys, let's get him. So charismatic. Mm. And very sounds really Irish, too. To be sure he does. <laughs> I mean me. I does. <laughs> Yes. Thank you and good night. The Queen was there. <laughs> now, I'm saying Lawler. Um, it's actually spelled L-A-L-O-R. I read that you say it, that they said Lawler. But, and the suburb that we call Layla. Uh, Laylaw. Oh. Laylaw is uh, named after him, even oh, though they now say it wrong. I did not know that. Yeah, so, but I, at the time, I what, what I've read is Lawler, but obviously when you see it written down, it does look like Layla. I think in... Like, Eight. You got me on my knees. Lay Lawla. <laughs> um, so Lay Lawla, I should say, and the 500 or so rebels that had joined him threw up a ramshackle stockade around an acre or so under their Southern Cross flag. A German... Must have been a big night if they were throwing up a ramshackle stockade the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a few of Matt's weekends. Uh, well, like any, uh, like any big night, it involved a German blacksmith. Yeah. <laughs> Who ha- oh, yeah. Hammered out some crude pikes. That's and- a sex position, of course. Ah, <laughs> uh, baby, what do you reckon? That we do the German blacksmith It's special occasion. I'll get the horseshoes ready. <laughs> clop, 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 clop. <laughs> what a role play going on there. Yeah. Got to keep it fresh. So the blacksmith hanging out, uh, hung out and hammered out some crude pikes and others gathered timber from the nearby mine shafts and created a stockade. And if you're not familiar with a stockade, basically it's just a small wooden fence-type fortification <laughs> to stand behind as defence. They made a picket fence. I was not sure what it was. Okay. You weren't sure? Oh, right, sure. And I imagine I only knew what it was because of this story, I imagine. Because researching this story for this exact podcast. No, but just growing up. So I you think... learnt this quite recently. I kn- no, I knew this from Sovereign Hill. Doubt it. Which we can talk about at the end of this episode if you like. No. <laughs> <laughs> which we will not talk about at the end of the episode. Hastily built. This is the stockade. I'm trying to move on quickly for you, Jess. It wasn't meant to be a giant fortress or anything. In the words of Lawler, quote, it was nothing more than an enclosure to keep our own men together and was never erected with an eye to military defence. It's been criticised over the years because people see there's like paintings and stuff of it and it looks pretty shitty. (laughs) People are like, how are you going to win a war with that? And basically it was just a little structure. Yeah. And his plan was if shit got really real, they'd run away Lead the lead the invaders to another part and then have their last stand. So it wasn't even going to be the place where they, you know, laid down their guns and died. Wow. 
But over the next two days, the men and women remained in and around the stockade, many performing military drills in preparation for a possible conflict. A military structure was assembled and people were divided into brigades led by different assigned captains. 200 Americans arrived at the stockade to aid in the rebellion. Most of these uh, people were armed with revolvers and possessed horses and were a welcome addition. They brought in some uh, new supplies with them. But nearly all of this group left to ambush a group of enemy soldiers and police that they had heard were arriving from Melbourne. Many of the other men and women left on the Saturday night thinking it not possible that the police would attack on the Sabbath of a Sunday. So now there was only about 150 people left inside the stockade. It doesn't that does, it feels like you're mentioning these things cuz that's not good. The commissioner like, oh no. <laughs> of the Ballarat Goldfields, Robert Reed had no intention of observing the Sabbath. Oh, what? Incensed by the rebels practicing military drills, he called for the police and army to destroy the stockade at first light on Sunday the 3rd of December. Apparently, he was also very well informed by spies from within the <gasps> stockade and knew that most of the men and women had left by this point. Do you so- know what snitches get? <sighs> Not good Christmas presents. Correct. Riches? Oh. Yep. Yeah. Really? I guess they yeah. do. They'd Sell probably them out get all the way to the bank. Really yeah. pays to be a snitch. Yeah, right. Yeah, they get a bad rap. They do. But really, they're just savvy. Yeah. Good business people. Yeah, they think they're putting them first. And mm-hmm. sometimes you have to you do You have that. to in this bloody world, don't Ugh, you? You're not wrong. Ugh. I'll you're tell wrong. you what I'm not. Wrong. Wrong, what you said. Yeah. Just underlining that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well worth underlining. Thank you. Tell you what you're not. What's that? Gotta hold me up anymore. Okay. (laughs) At 3am on Sunday, the 3rd of December, a party of 276 soldiers and police under the command of Captain... Are they partying now, Jess? 3am is first light? (laughs) I knew there was going to be a party reference. Party dude. Uh, First light. No, sorry, they're getting ready for first light. So at 3am they get together under the command of Captain John W. Thomas. Thomas Town. Party boy. (gasps) Party boy. You know him. Uh, under that, the 276 soldiers uh, approached the Eureka stockade. Thomas reasoned that most diggers would be asleep or still drunk from the night before. The perfect time to sneak up on them and catch them unawares. Bananas and pyjamas style. Do not sneak up on me when I'm hungover. Oh, oh boy. What about if you're still Unless drunk? you're sneaking up with a Gatorade and some hot chippies. Yeah. <laughs> then come on over. Maybe an orange juice. Help Ooh. me get in the shower. A couple of <laughs> plastic chair in the shower. <laughs> yeah. No, let me sit on the floor. Okay. <laughs> I deserve that. Yeah, oh. that's true. you got to get the water pretty hot, I find, because by the time it gets to the floor, you've lost most of the temperature. Do you reckon? It's a disgrace. How, oh, but you are tiny. <laughs> yeah, I'm so close to the – I am, um, well, I'm in the drain. You're picturing like a, some sort of – like a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids scenario. Oh, yeah. Where he's in this shower where it's... Huge droplets. Yeah. And he has to dodge them or he'll drown. And there's a beetle there. <laughs> okay. he's friends with and he, he rides. rides a bee. <laughs> that's really, that's that's really really fun. Fun. Yeah. Do you have fun, Dave? Yeah, I had a great day. Thanks. Do you like showers? Thanks for shrinking me, Jess. Every shower. Every shower is a uh, possible death. <laughs> But I don't want to smell, so worth the risk. So they're sneaking up on the stockade. Thomas, the man in charge, ordered no shooting unless his bugler gave the signal. Is that the signal? Yeah. 
obviously. Yeah, Why else would I make a silly sound in the middle of our report if not to help the story? I thought you might have been gassy. <laughs> <laughs> Matt made a fart joke. Pretty happy with that Hooray. one. Hooray. Burp joke. 140 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> finally on board. <laughs> you finally get humour. Appreciate it. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> At dawn, they were spotted less than 200 yards from the stockade. So that now there's a bit of light. How far is a yard? That's like most of a metre. <laughs> it's like 80 centimetres or something like that. 70 centimetres. 91. 91. Fuck. 91? <laughs> yeah. Oh, why? Is it a certain amount of feet? I mean, most things that are non-metric don't convert to metric very well. That makes no sense. <laughs> 91. 90's stupid enough. 91. But that's comparing any measurement to any measurement. But Because that 91 is 100, 100% of a yard. Wow, good point. Dude. But how how many? What what goes? This doesn't matter. But is it is it feet and inches going to a yard, or is that just something else? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Sorry, Dave. I just I didn't know how far two hundred yards was. I, I do know that ex Prime Minister Bob Hawke for a while held the world record for sculling a yard glass, which is a yard of beer. Oh, he's all class, isn't he? All class, um, Bob Hawke. Bobby Hawke. Sorry, Dave. So it's yeah, okay. I, so I, sneaking up. I can. I have a visual <clears throat> picture now. Thank One you. yard equals three feet. You happy with that? Sure. Three feet. Like three foot longs. Yeah. Yeah. Tell to me in sandwiches. <laughs> so they were spotted less than two. 200- but how many? Six inches. Well, six. Ah. <laughs> wow. Got it. At dawn. They were spotted less than two hundred yards from the stockade. Bit yep. of light coming up now. Mm-hmm. It's debated as to who shot first. Probably Greedo, am I right? Is he the one not Hans, Hans yeah, yeah. Solo? Hans. Hans. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmerman. That's Bob. Is that Bob Dylan's real name? Who cares? <laughs> Robert Zimmerman. Robert Zimmerman. He invented the Zimmer frame. <laughs> but anyway, I'm trying to get to the bit where they start shooting each other. Uh, shots started ringing out from both sides and t- and then Thomas's bugle gave the signal as if it wasn't already apparent. Jess, if you want to step out... <laughs> We can pause if you need some No. Time. Show must go on. <laughs> <laughs> so now there's uh, bullets flying everywhere. The diggers leader, Peter Lawler, was among the first casualties badly wounded. Oh. During the heart of the battle, he had been shot in his left arm. He then took refuge under some timber and was smuggled out of the stockade and hidden. In like, someone's chuff? Like heroin. <laughs> he was hidden in a chuff. He got muled out of there. Uh, his arm was later amputated. Mm. Not his left one. That's my favourite one. That's my favourite of Peter's arms. <laughs> yeah. The miners were easily outgunned, taken by surprise, and outsmarted by the professional soldiers. There was a brief, vicious fight inside the stockade before the diggers surrendered and Captain Thomas ordered a ceasefire. The assault was over in 15 minutes, <gasps> with at least 22 diggers, including one woman and six uh, soldiers, losing their lives. According to Layla's report, 14 miners, mostly Irish, died inside the stockade and an additional eight later died from the injuries that they sustained. So, My, these are like miners as in gold diggers? Yes. So 22 gold diggers and eight police right. or soldiers. 15 minutes. That would so have that, felt like a, an eternity though. Yeah. Oh, because it takes so long. But so you said they were, they were outgunned, outsmarted. And Did, taken by surprise. And taken by surprise. They're the big three. Yeah. Feels like you need But they had a great structure, at least. Oh, no, fuck. I know, they did. They had a... 
Well, a stockade. A small fence. A very small fence. Chickens couldn't get in. <laughs> or out. No, yeah. but they could get out. It's very, it, was, it worked against them. They had a little f- chicken flap in them. But it only went one way. <laughs> out, for some reason. <laughs> they installed it backwards. <laughs> I it was meant to be an elaborate chicken trap. So it was just, but they fucked it. It ended up being the opposite. <laughs> one of the soldiers, John King, stole the Eureka flag as a souvenir. He ran off with it. Oh, does it still exist? We'll talk about it. Uh, it does. <laughs> uh, the police arrested and detained 113 of the miners. So a lot of them. Eventually. Just only... arrest two more. <laughs> All right, we're going to need to arrest two more. I would have let a few go. Yeah, we'll have to let three go. Thank you. See, now They're, you let get Let 13 it. go, Jess. Wouldn't that be Oh, that would be much better. Thank Jess, you. Jess, how about this? They let 100 go because eventually only 13 leaders were taken to Melbourne to stand trial. Mm. I mean, they let 100 go. Yeah, yeah that's all it's right. It's a nice amount of people to let go. If we look at it that way, sure. But the 13, I don't love that. It's a Baker's Hill 13. dozen. 13, unlucky number. For those 13. Mm. Well, actually not because... They, were they on... all won lotto that day. Yeah, they went in on, on a single ticket. No, they were lucky because, um, I say lucky, but only 13 were taken because the, the press and the public were in the most part on the side of the miners. Right. And eventually, <laughs> Jess obviously not on the side of the miners. She it's was a weird, furious. That's the weirdest sneeze I've ever done in my life. <laughs> it was like, Doo! I thought you'd shot a gun for a yeah. second. It sounded more like a gunshot than anything we've heard on this podcast so far. <gasps> Sorry. So the public and the press are on the side of the miners. And eventually they got so behind them that they were all released to great public acclaim. Holy shit. Public acclaim? Yeah. Book so it was deals. more like these working class guys st- were standing up for everyone's rights. Woo! Now, throughout this time, Peter Lawler, the leader, had been lying low and hiding out. Hotham offered a reward of 200 Lying low and hiding out. Yeah. That's the big two. <laughs> His bed was a... He didn't have a frame. It was just a mattress on the ground. You're right. And he had his legs out the window for temperature control. He got very hot. Hot feet. He got very hot on his right remaining arm. Hotham offered a reward of 200 pounds for information, leading to the apprehension of a, quote, person of the name of Lawler, misspelled. Height 5 foot 11, age 35, hair dark brown, whiskers dark brown, shaved under the chin, no moustache, long face, rather good looking, and a well-made man. Do you reckon if you were Lolo and you saw that wanted sign, you'd be like, rather good looking, thank you. <laughs> okay, I'm so coming. <laughs> Yoo-hoo! <laughs> yeah, that was his plan all along. Flatter him. And uh, I'd also like to uh, cast this man in a feature film, so if you could reach out to me via his agent or himself. Also, we assume massive schlog. <laughs> I reckon he's got a big old ding-donger. <laughs> I mean, it goes without saying this. I started that sentence not fully knowing where I was going with You started with... <laughs> And a massive. No, I knew wet. the general theme, but I didn't think schlong was going to come out. I'm so sorry. It's a great word. Yeah, it's schlong. not. It sounds big. It's yeah. fun to sounds... say. A small one can't be called a schlong. No, it's called a schlorton. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a reward for on Lawless Head, but no one came forward for it because the public were very much on the side of the diggers, as I said, and they weren't going to sell out the leader of it all. He was seen as like a, you know, a real rebel. But um, <laughs> <going through. laughs> whilst hiding out, 
Flawless damaged arm was amputated, and according to the Online Australian Dictionary of Biography, legend has it that Lawler recovering consciousness during the operation and seeing one of the doctors with signs of faintness yelled at him, Courage! Courage! Take it off! <laughs> what a guy. He was actually talking to him about taking his shirt off. <laughs> take it off. He take called it. his shirt Courage. <laughs> He's a courage. strange man. Courage, courage, take it off. I'm very hot. As I said earlier, <laughs> get my legs out the window. I need strict temperature control. My massive schlong keeps me warm. <laughs> Lawler remained concealed in Ballarat for several weeks. And from there, he was taken uh, to Geelong, where he was cared for by... Alicia Dunn, and he married her on the 10th of July, 1855 at St. Mary's Church. Isn't that lovely? That's cute. Why haven't they made a rom-com about that? Oh, it's not that that com, is it? No, not enough com. Bit rummy, though. (laughs) Rummy. Make a rummy about it. Not enough com. Make a bit more (laughs) commy. Okay. (laughs) Not red enough for me. (laughs) Uh, the public rallied behind Lawler and brought him or bought him 160 acres of good land near Ballarat. They did what? a bit of a crowdfund for him. 160 acres? You know what else is uh, currently being crowdfunded? That is uh, gloveless <laughs> no. finger palm coolers by Dugan. We are up to over $200 in donations. Oh, really? Of 10000 Stop. Which is about 2% overall. So 98% <laughs> to go in three weeks and um, I'll be making a living off it. So. Get involved. Uh, Jess didn't put a link in the description of last week's episode, but I will. So click below. Check it out. I said, you said there'll be a link, and I said there absolutely will not be a link. I and I wasn't, there wasn't. I do not lie. No. Like make. my hips. Don't lie. <laughs> oh. They do not lie. I was thinking. Where is she going with she this? Yeah. Why is she bringing up her she hips all know. of a sudden? I'm surprised it didn't end in the word schlong in that time. I'm surprised My hips too. don't schlong. <laughs> Uh, just before the diggers were acquitted at trial, the reward for Lawler's capture was withdrawn. Amazingly, the colonists generally shared Layla's judgment of the stockade, even the people in government. This was written about him. Neither anarchy, bloodshed, nor plunder were the objects of those engaged. Stern necessity alone forced them to do it. So even everyone eventually agreed, yeah, you had it pretty tough. Yeah. You did the right thing. They were protesting unfair conditions. Totally. And he never faced any legal consequences for his actions. The outcome of the rebellion was very positive in the long run. Governor Hotham's promised Goldfield Commission came out because out of this he basically said, all right, I'll look into it. I'll look into it now. Uh, About a similar time that Lawler's reward was revoked, digging licence fees were abolished, replaced by a £1 per year claim title deed, which also gave a digger the right to vote in council elections. So there are two things there that they were asking for. Lost revenue was made up with a new export tax on gold bullion. The rebellion had affected a real change. In the assembly, Lawler spoke out for the interest of the diggers and he successfully advocated compensation for the victims of Eureka. So the families were given compensation for the people that were killed. They shouldn't have been killed. Charles Hotham. Let's use our words. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were there shooting at the cops. Yeah, with their words. Yeah, the words. They were spitting rhymes so fast. Mm. And it sounded a little something. (laughs) No, it didn't. Charles Hotham died a year later, so he didn't stick around for long. But it turned out that Peter Lawler's political life was only just beginning. Uh Uh-oh. He became the first digger elected to the Legislative Council, so he became a career politician. By uh, by 1880, (laughs) 
Sorry. He was a Speaker of the House of Assembly, a position he held for seven years, which is a very high position. He died at 62 in 1889. So he, yeah. Holy shit, that's kind of cool. Did really well out of it. So he would have been in Victorian Parliament when uh, Burke and Wills were expeditioning. Yeah, I wonder if they knew each other. And when AF, uh, the Australian Rules football was kicking off and stuff. That's what? very exciting. There's so exciting much stuff times. happened. Yeah, so many. It's like a lot of the Australian-based episodes have been around that around this. that back back end of the eighteen hundreds. What a time to be alive in Melbourne! Yeah, what a clever nickname. I did, that's something I did. I was starting to remember that before you got there that he got into politics. Um, I think, and maybe I did learn a bit about it at primary school. I just can't. Very yeah. vague memories. A long time ago, obviously. definitely is. Probably yeah. around that time. Yeah, it was around that time. Well, at the time, it wasn't history. It was um, current. current affairs. Yeah. <laughs> they just read out the newspaper one morning. Yeah. And you remember that, yeah. which is good of you. The Geelong Advertiser. Obviously. Just as future employer. Yes. Uh, I, yeah. It was like back to the future, though. So everyone's like they were played by the same actor, mm. just with like old-timey clothes. So there was someone there called Jessica Perkins' grandma. Great grandma. Nice. Oh. And uh, you, you guys, neither of you have seen Back to the Future. Yeah, we so. have. Have you? That was something I really always loved about it. They just said every generation had the same actors yeah. with a slightly different name. Probably, yeah, well, yeah, there were different names. Because my name is Jessica Perkins. That's that's the thing. You... Yeah, but your name is not Jessica Perkins' great grandma. Good yeah. point. Yeah, Good hyphenated. Point. You dropped that hyphen name. Yeah, after the war. I'm just going to wrap up here the uh, with the, the legacy of the Eureka Rebellion or the Re- Eureka Stockade. Today, the Eureka Stockade is seen by many as the birth of democracy in Australia and it's one of the most influential things to ever happen in our home state of Victoria. Many things are named after the Eureka Stockade, including Melbourne's tallest building, Eureka Tower. Yep. The Eureka Stockade story has been incorporated into the, into the design. I didn't know this. The building's gold crown represents the gold rush. A red stripe represents the blood spilt during the revolt. The blue glass cladding that covers most of the building represents the blue background of the stockade's flag. And the white lines also represent the uh, ah. most parts of the flag. I didn't know that. That's cool. That makes sense. Yeah. Did yeah. you know that? I didn't know that, but, I mean, they're really shoehorning some of that. Money, oh, you know big time. Mean? But that's cool. Beautiful. Beautiful, Beautiful shoehorning. It is hard. I mean, shoehorning. Wait, are these guys doing the German blacksmith? <laughs> I mean, it is difficult to. They're doing the reverse German blacksmith. So, yeah, that's with shoehorns, not horseshoes. Yeah. It is difficult to finish the report with fun facts, which is why I did not package that as a fun fact. Well, it was, yeah, it wasn't that fun. I thought that was a fun fact. I wouldn't tell that at a dinner party. Well, you really swapped there. Jess seemed quite. Like, yeah, yeah. And you were like, nah, it's pretty boring. And then now you're like, oh, yeah, Jess is like, that's fucking Yeah, boring. we keep you guessing. <laughs> yeah, That was a good fact. I just like think the designers going, you know, they were... Oh, there's often a lot of pump and wank, isn't there, yeah. to, get, to get, you know, get picked out of the 40 yeah. architects that probably submitted for that design. If yeah. you wanted, if they really wanted it to be an homage, right, surely you'd... Be a what, sorry? An homage. Uh-huh. Put the, you know, you'd put that old school Southern Cross on there or something, but... yeah. I mean, they named it the Eureka. That fuck. I don't. Jesus. All right. <laughs> Nothing against anyone. Good on you all. Wow. Uh, wow. 
Uh, now, Australian soldiers are colloquially referred to as diggers, popularised during the First World War. There's debate as to where the term exactly came from, but many point to Australian soldiers calling themselves diggers, reflecting the mateship and independent spirit of the Eureka people. Oh, that's kind of cool. I actually oh, didn't cool. know where diggers came from. I mean, also they did dig trenches. Sure. So, And often they did it for their lives. Like in landing at Gallipoli, got it to create right. any form of barrier but that so we're good at some, digging yeah and some people refer, refer to this though as why they're called diggers now the final fact here amazingly the original eureka flag survived matt <gasps> matt that's a question you asked earlier yes. trooper john king retained the flag and it was held by his family for 40 years till it was lent to the ballarat fine art gallery in 1895 it's quite damaged and bits are missing, but it can still be seen in a Ballarat museum today. Ooh. The original one, it's all framed and it's, like, it's got corners missing off it and it's a bit cut up, but it is the original flag. That's pretty around. amazing. For, cause That's it, sick. Keep in mind too that like Australia is a very, very new country relative to a lot of other places in the world. So, like... Yes. You Talking go, about white Australia is, like, one of the yes. youngest. That's in, right. In, so, like, you know, buildings that are 100 years old here are heritage-listed and amazing, and then you go to, like, Europe and you see things that are centuries and you're like, okay, we're yeah, very new. Is- so something that happened in the late 1800s, for that to still be around is we go wow yeah that's right whereas how amazing go to Europe and things are but then at the same time Indigenous Australian culture is the oldest yeah surviving uh, culture in the world yeah which is hectic yeah fifty thousand years sixty thousand years Something. I think they often every time they discover new things they realize hang on it's even further been back. Here. For a long, 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 yeah. long, long time. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. So, isn't that yeah? That's white a, Australia, very new. It is a it is a weird thing when you go to buildings in yeah in England or something. I was like, oh, this this was around since before. Yeah, like seeing ruins in, in before Rome. even my grandparents were alive, <laughs> and they're old. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's amazing. Now, Jess, start of the episode. I promised you some fun facts about the Nugget. Oh. I thought the did Eric you Banner just film. look them up while I was talking? Yes, I did. Well done. And I found one trivia item. One little it? nugget. One little nugget, if you will. Thank you, Matt. And I will. High five. Definitely. <laughs> warranted. Definitely warranted. This is uh, from the IMDb uh, trivia part of the nugget, yep. the 2002 Australian film. It says here, Eric Banner was the first choice to play Xander Cage in Triple X, but turned it down to do this movie. <laughs> That's so good. Fuck, what I love a Eric. fantastic decision. I love Eric Banner so much. A big Saint supporter. Do you know that about is him? He? Yeah. That is fun, Dave. Thank you. He even he got the Saints into um, uh, what's that bloody uh, Adam Sandler movie from a while back? Um, it's fact. It's about a stand up. He was playing a stand up comedian. It's a funny, funny people. Funny, funny people. Yeah, there's a whole scene in it where Eric Banner's there explaining is. footy and the Saints playing Collingwood. On the TV. That's right. Do you want to know how much Triple X grossed? Yes. $277 million. Oh, Eric. Good on you for doing that. A lot of that was in the Vince Colosimo performance, though. Vin Diesel. No, Vince Colosimo. <laughs> you had it right the first time. Speak. Always follow your gut. 
Bloody when your gut Eric says Banner. Vince Colosimo. But it's, it's amazing to me still. Eric Banner is like a Hollywood, he's been a yeah. leading man in Hollywood and he, he was a sketch comedy actor on yeah. Australian TV oh, so in the 90s. He was so funny. So funny. Poiter. Poiter. Oh. And every time the um the voiceover would say Peter, he'd just Poiter. Po- it's Poiter. It's Poiter. It's Poiter. My favourite one is um him doing Ray Martin. Very good. I love when he's uh he's doing a cooking show. He's like, now I'm going to tell you how to cook a seven-course meal. That's a pie and a six-pack. <laughs> What a guy. What a guy. is great. That is my hero right there. Uh, So thank you very much to Hannon Dempsey from Perth for suggesting that topic. I think it's a good one. I think um, maybe reminded a few Aussies about their primary school or high school days. And overseas people, I imagine you hadn't heard of that. Probably not. And, yeah, shout out to uh, Ballarat locals, Josh and Connor. Yes. Who uh, also suggested it. And, you know, That's are so just cool. lovely humans. Shout out to all our peeps in Ballarat. And shout out to that McDonald's. Wonder what they're Hill. doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> flipping. Flipping burgers, I reckon. Doing what they do best, baby. Hey, so it's time. Uh, is that the end of the report? Great report, Dave. Yes. Oh, thank you very, very much. Thanks so much for That's such handy knowledge to have put back into my brain. Um yeah, I think I, I, I genuinely I was given that yeah. flag. I've got that flag in a. I, what do I do with it? It was given to me as a present like years ago. I'm like, cool. It's a great present. Like I, I, flag, I It's right? a really nice looking flag. Is it like, a full what? size? Yeah, full size flag. Right. You don't know. You don't know. I wear it as a cape, obviously. Yeah. Um, You're not an idiot. No, it's just folded in a drawer. I'm like, oh, because I mean that store. It's. I think it's. It's been. It's used sometimes by um for. Maybe less nice reasons, but it, 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 it's sort of like a symbol of the union movement still in Australia, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, trade unions, and uh, anytime people are fighting for like labour rights, that flag comes out again to be like, yeah. hey, and I remember you know, the you know, people. I am a man of the people. I'm from the obviously you guys are, are the man to me, and I am the yeah, people. Yeah, we're the Hotham and Latrobe, and you're the Peter Lawler here. Yeah. I'm the At least one I got man. a mountain named after me. I'm Hotham, by the way. Nice. I'm um I'm the one that illegally married my dead wife's sister. Typical. I regret nothing. <laughs> She's um, hot. She's really great. So th- this time the episode uh, we in, in our Patreon, which is uh, the uh, supporters of the show who help keep it all running. Yeah, that's right. And if you would like to get involved at any time, you're welcome to do so at dogoonpod.com and you get a bonus episode, shout-outs. You get to vote for things like this. This could have been a different episode maybe if you people at home uh, were a patron and you could have uh, maybe steered Especially it in a Especially if, if you're a landslide. Um, yeah. But one of the new uh, rewards on the Sydney Scheinberg level of Patreon is uh, you get to give a fact, quote, or question, which we read out at the end of the episode, and it could be about anything. This week's fact, quote, or question is from Mark Reed, Mark Chopper Reed, as we call him. We've met him a few times on the live chats. Uh, And and they get to offer a fact, quote, or question, and they also get to give themselves a title. And Mark has given himself the title of Refreshment Liaison Officer. Oh, love it. Well done, Mark, yes. Mark, that's great, but I'm feeling quite parched, and where the hell are you? I need you, Mark. And he's <laughs> <laughs> Matt needs you. I am, Get I am, that man a drink. I am dry. Dry ginger ale. Uh, and he's offered a fact this week, and his fact is 
The shark in the Jaws movies was named Bruce. <laughs> so named after Steven Spielberg's lawyer. Oh, I've seen that Love shark it. at Universal Studios. So really? Oh, so it's a, it was Probably a big the same physical. Time in 1998. 98, baby. So basically, you go on the Universal Studios like ride. Yes. <clears throat> and it goes around and it's all movie themed and you see like the house from Psycho up in a hill and all yeah. this stuff. And you go on a, a bit where you go along a bit of water and then the music starts playing. Oh. And then a giant mechanical Damn. shark comes out. And when my dad leant over to take a photo of Jaws, his sunglasses Bruce. fell off. And landed in Bruce's mouth. So it was like the shark ate his oh sunglasses. God. And we never saw him again. And as an eight-year-old, that was so funny. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say Traumatic. Or... I got really scared on that ride at the part with Godzilla. Not Godzilla. What's the big monkey? King Kong. <laughs> it was a King uh, actually, Kong. Actually, oh. an ape, not, a, <laughs> yeah, not ape. a monkey. That bit scared the shit out of me. Really? Oh, no. It's a common, common thing people get wrong with the primates, getting monkeys confused with apes, which I talk a lot about a lot on my... New podcast, Primates. When's that coming out? Soon? It's coming out soon. I'm just waiting on Evan to get the music to me. I've recorded a few episodes, including one that you've been on. Jess is going to be on one soon. Jess should be on the King Kong one after that. No. Uh, no. As punishment. Tripod have a song about King Kong, and the chorus is just, get to the fucking monkey. Because <laughs> that, yeah. Very disappointed. Yeah. Get to the fucking ape. Thank you. Anyway. It's a great ape. Thank you, Mark Chopper. Thank you, Mark Chopper, for your uh, fact about Bruce. That is cool. So cool. So cool. Now, another thing that we do with our patrons is uh, thank them at the end of the episode and then um, we do a little thing with their names or where they're from. What are you thinking, Jess? Anything? Uh... I was thinking yes. of giving them a uh, an amount of gold that they would have found. Okay. Ooh. Right on. Like a metric fuck ton could be one. <laughs> yes. Yep. One or we could do dollar amounts. Six yards. Or you could think of something else we could give them. Oh, I love that. I love that a lot. So, well, can I, can I kick it off? Oh, sure. Yeah, how much gold are they going to get? Let's do it. Yep. Hey, we were talking about this man earlier in the episode from Camperdown in Victoria, Mr. Connor Saunders. Connor. What are the chances that we thank you on this episode where you've suggested the topic? So I really hope you have listened all the way through, Connor. Thank you so much for the suggestion and the support of the show. Someone uh, mentioned you uh, on on Facebook this week saying, geez, that redheaded guy on the front row is really well lit in one of the (laughs) the live episodes. They weren't talking about you. No, yeah, good question. Yeah, I didn't qualify that. Maybe they meant Isn't you. That, is that weird that I assumed it was Connor and not yeah. me? Yeah, that is weird. Well, you're not in the front row. <clears throat> Thank you. Well, technically, maybe some people view that the stage as the front row. Well, then they're thinking of us as one of them, and that is very, very That's wrong. Well, no, disgusting. I feel like one of them. Yeah, you would. Yeah, maybe they were trying Revolution. to. Revolution. I'm a diva. Now, how much is you are? Hey. <laughs> and Connor. All right, you are not. Uh, Connor. I'm going to say Connor, Connor's got a chuffle. <laughs> He's got a chuffle. An entire chuffle. An entire chuffle of coal. Well, coal. <laughs> Sorry, mm. Connor. Wow. G- gold. Oh, gold coal. Gold coal. Coal gold? Is it coal one of those gold. Things, maybe you paint it black to sort of smuggle Rolling it out. Rolling Stone style. Thank you. I was going to, yeah. Make paint it black and chuck, chuck it up your chuffle. Rolling your Stone style. And then when you go through customs, they go... They check and they go, don't worry, it's just coal. Just coal off the chuff. No worries, <laughs> sir. 
on your pop. Carry on. No worries, sir. Off you go. Welcome to the country. Have a bloody good stay, mate. Oh, that got really threatening at the end there. Have a good stay. Hope to see you again. Where are you going to be staying? Like, ah. Sounds a bit like Michael Caine's fallen on hard times. Okay. Poor bastard. We've all been there. I'd also love to thank, if I may. Please. From Thetford in the greatest of Britons. Ooh. Great Britain. Oh. Philip Greer. Philip Greer. What a great name. And Thetford is a great sounding place too. Just looking at where that is. Thetford. 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 Bet they do a great real ale. Oh, yes, in between uh, Cambridge and Norwich, if you zoom out. So on the towards the oh, only if you zoom out east though. coast. I'm thinking. Yeah, between um, Ireland and Germany, if you really zoom out. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I don't understand geography. Uh, I'm, so thinking I'm guessing a, that's true. An empiric pintful of gold. Oh, oh wow! Very an empiric good. pint. Empiric pint. That's the big one, right? That's the big one. Nice. That's a lot of gold. Congratulations to Philip, and thank you for your support. Now I've got to ask you, Matt. I don't want to make it a competition between our listeners, but is that more or less than a chuffful? <laughs> well, it depends on the chuff. But yeah, okay. Con- Connor is a big man. He's so. a big guy. And I, yeah, assuming like, and he's if he's in proportion, then he's got a big chuff, got which big I still chuff. don't fully know what it is. Yeah. You'll, you'll figure it out one day, little buddy. We'll show you. But is it the... It's the chuff. Right. <laughs> Can I thank some people? Yes, please. I would like to thank... I meant Imperial. Did I say Empiric? Sorry, it doesn't matter. Imperial pint. Oh, that's what I imagined too when you said it. I think you may have said Empiric, but... I would like to thank, from Agnes Banks in New South Wales... Noah Wright. Noah Wright. Agnes Banks. I don't Noah know. I've heard of that. God, he's Googling Agnes again. Agnes Banks. I've just got the, the maps open. I'm Agnes. Agnes Banks. That's a place, not an elderly woman. <laughs> Hello there. I'm Agnes Banks. Would you like a toffee? All right. <laughs> uh, yes, please. All right. Just one toffee each. Okay, thank you. Oh, Matthew, you can take a second one, you cheeky little bugger. Thank you, Mrs. Banks. On your your way, then. You cheeky little chuff. Now, get off my garden and don't ever get back on it. Understand? (laughs) Sorry, Miss. Sorry, Miss Banks. I've been sweeping so many chimneys lately. (coughs) Thanks, Miss Banks. A lung full of. I hope to see you again one day. Oh my god! The fuck! This took a real turn. Where's Agnes Banks? Uh, it's just she's east. in her home. Just leave her be. <laughs> she's uh, just east of the uh, Blue Mountains. Oh, lovely! So, Noah, oh, Noah Wright. How much gold did Noah Wright find? Noah Wright. I mean, I've done them all so far. All right, Let's give an, Dave a go. An ark full. <gasps> well, that I mean, you're being way more generous. That's like a big boat. That's yeah. heaps. Noah. Noah's. Ark oh, full. I know her right. Noah's ark full of gold. He decided to let the animals drown and instead stocked up on gold. Savvy, yes, savvy business wise. I mean, Makes sense. Did destroy uh, humanity and mm. um, animal entity, but uh, animal entity, flora and fauna. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to Noah. Congratulations on your ark. Yes, um, and I'd also like to thank from where is this Tun Curry? That can't be right. Michelle Tun-curry. Claire. Michelle Claire. Tun Curry no. exists. Tun curry. Surely it's not tun curry. That just c- sounds. C- maybe Australian. it's cun curry. No, it's tun curry. Tun, tun curry. curry. Yeah, but they're probably st- surely they say it differently. Tun, you know tun curry. Tun tun, tun curry. curry. Yeah, Dun. yeah, that makes more sense. Tun curry. It Michelle. is. Michelle. 
Michelle, I reckon, has done very well for herself. Michelle's done well. Oh, a metric ton career? No. Well, a wellful. A well. Wow. And it, it's quite a deep well also. Wow. Oh, good. You need to stipulate that. Yeah. yeah. A very deep well. It's a well that they've concreted in and she's put one nugget <laughs> on top of it. You know what they, what, um, they call wells? Um, they call them nature's chuffs. Yeah, that's true. They do. They do call them that. Yeah. So that's good that we've clarified. Thank you. <laughs> that's a little fun fact, a little bonus fun fact at the end there. I, I like that a lot. Now, I would like to thank, if I may. Please. All the way from Woodbridge, Ontario. Ontario. In Canada. <gasps> which is just outside of Toronto. <gasps> I would like to thank Kathleen Neves. Kathleen Neves. Kane Neves. You make me weak at the Neves. <laughs> thank you so much, <laughs> Kathleen. You make me weak. Me like, I mean, sure. Where? Uh, how much? How, how much gold has she got? Kathleen Neves. Kathleen Neves. Oh, I think Kathleen only got a couple of those little ones. What are those little ones called? Little Dave? nuggies. Alluvial gold. Yeah, like a couple of specks. I only got a bit of that. She went panning and got a couple of specks. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, you no. can. I mean, you can get. She can have anything. And no. that's what oh, given... I'm sorry to be realistic. I'm getting Matt. The you same think vibe. they can all have arkfuls? No, yeah, yeah Dave really. No, well, no one really stole a lot of gold from everyone else. I'm sorry, he but was I'm a, re- a realist. No, I didn't don't say ap- she's don't, unhappy. Don't apologize. I didn't say she didn't have a wonderful life after that. You know what? She she met the love of her life. Really? Yep. Yeah, and his name is Noah Wright, and luckily he had a shitload of gold. So. She made him weak at the knees. <laughs> Even Noah didn't find that funny. I mean, it's and not here's funny. the love of her it's life. It's not funny. It's beautiful, Jess. If you're getting weak at the knees, you should see a doctor. Mm, what are you going to pay him with? Specks of gold? She doesn't have enough. I think often, you know, this is the monkey paw sort of thing, isn't it? You don't. You wish for an ark full of gold, but that just fucks you Too up. Too much. Too much gold. Yeah, no. She had a fantastic life. Imagine the bush rangers that would be swarming around you. Oh, but like you wouldn't be able to trust any friendships beyond that. And if you're putting that up your chuff, obviously that's going to be painful. A couple of flex. Don't even notice. Don't even notice. Mm, yeah. Flex would, in the chuff. You wouldn't have a sore chuff, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Kathleen, in summary, thank you. And finally, I would like to thank from Manchester in New Hampshire. USA. Have we ever thanked someone from New Hampshire in the US? I'm not sure. Far Eastern State. I would like to thank Benjamin R. Brisson. <sighs> Been around for a while. That's right. We've got a few tweets from Benjamin R. Brisson, who is very, very keen for us to do a report on Joseph Stalin. Oh, yes. Benjamin, we may get there one day. Stalin would be a great report. Obviously, you're voting a lot, so if it comes up in the hat, I hope you do vote for it. And uh, <laughs> just quietly between you and me, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, <laughs> despite the war we had on Twitter that time. How is that quietly between you and him when you just said it on the podcast, which gets millions of downloads? I, I also... They had to invent new numbers. That's definitely a Christmas movie. I mean, they're at a Christmas party. If it wasn't Christmas, then I assumed he was buying, being ironic when he argued that. We, we should never, do it. Dave never assumes irony. I think that would be a fun vote in the hat one time. Maybe not fun. Fun is not the right word. But like a dictator or a a um a tire a tyrant vote. Yes, maybe we can uh, organise one of those coming up. That would be good. Uh, but thank you very much for your support, Benjamin Arbrison. I do appreciate it, and so does Jess and Matt. And I think that you have one 
limo full of gold. Whoa. A limo as seen in the Christmas film Die Hard. Shit. Man, I'm just hearing them sleigh bells ring, jing, jingling. That's right. But thank you very much for your support all the way in New Hampshire. Hopefully we've got some other listeners in New Hampshire. Let us know if you're out there. Let us know if you're on. And you can let us know at any time, by the way, uh, anything, by tweeting us, going on our Instagram, following us on Facebook, or emailing us. All the links are now conveniently located on our website, dogoonpod.com. And you can also submit an idea to the hat, a topic. Mm-hmm. And you can tell us why it's really, really great. And the other then... one, I've, I've been updating uh, YouTube again, so we'll almost be have all the episodes up there soon or at youtube.com slash dogoonpod. And so one day... subscribe to that. One day this episode will be... Some people there. will be bloody listening to it on YouTube right now and their heads will explode. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that, but they're dead now. <laughs> sorry. But I make no apologies for that. But that is the end of another week's Do Go On. Get in contact anytime, as I said. Love to hear from you guys. But until next week, when we're back with another report, I will say thank you and I will say goodbye. Laters. Bye. Chuff is a bum. Oh. Oh, that changes everything. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.